Welcome to the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast, episode number one with Coach Jerry. I am your host, Coach Jerry Kuykendall. I'm a holistic health professional licensed by the Czech Institute, founded by none other than Paul Czech. People often ask me what it is that I do, and it's not really super easy to explain because training at the Czech Institute introduces you to so many concepts within the human design, whether that be the musculoskeletal system, whether it be our spiritual body, whether it be just overall general health. We source your obstruction at the root cause. And really our main goal is to help you find your optimal fulfillment in life. In other words, we help, help people catch dreams. And the reason why it's so hard to explain what I do is why I started this podcast. Because there's a fallacy out there that you have to go a certain route when you get a certain medical condition or you have to see a certain specialist or a certain expert. And it's just not true. And that's why I started this podcast. See, the truth of the matter is we are designed to heal. The body is designed to heal itself. You're designed to be able to intuit your way out of depression and anxiety. We are designed to be able to detect truth at a cellular level. And consequently, We've been taught to override that response through the generations as we've been force fed garbage by our media, our medical systems, and our educational system. Now, please don't take this the wrong way for the people that work in those professions, besides the media. <laughs> for the people that work in those professions, this isn't anything against you. And you might be well aware of the fact that a lot of the stuff that's being purported or heaped upon us is not the whole truth. And if that is your career path and that's what you've chosen, then good on you. Good for you. I just would hope that you would be able to use information like the information that I'm going to share and others like me and take that to your patients and your clients so that you can deliver fully and optimally because that's what they deserve. What does it mean to be sovereign? To be sovereign means to be the ultimate ruler of your domain. It is to be the king or the queen of your world, where you accept the responsibility and accountability of your actions, trusting your wisdom intuition. You make the decisions with your health, career, and freedom. Now, it's no secret that these last few years have greatly challenged all of us. And it's forced us to confront our own individual sovereignty and ask ourselves just how important that really is to me. So I started this podcast to share with you the beauty of personal sovereignty, being attuned to your mind, body, and soul to help show you how you don't have to be dependent on anyone or anything. You don't have to follow the allopathic Western medicine approach to your health and healing. You don't have to ask your local governments and bureaucrats to let them exercise your freedom and your rights. You don't have to participate in some medical experiment or put a rag on your face to be able to freely go about your business. That is a fallacy that was implanted in us. And another deep-seated motive was a direct response to the answers that I came up with 
through the questions posed above. I found a great deal of gratitude in the fact that I discovered that health is a personal decision. Western medicine has greatly failed us. Thanks to my training in holistic health, exercise kinesiology, and spiritual development, I was acutely aware of the negligence, misinformation, and nefariousness Big Pharma was capable of. This level of awareness came from my personal experience, as well as with my clients and how we got through our health struggles. I didn't always have such a strong grasp on health or, or a high level of wellness, well-being. In fact, it was quite the opposite. And probably like many of you out there, that's how I stumbled across my purpose in life. It's through my own life experience. I grew up as an only child to a single father. We were poor, bouncing from trailer to trailer until about middle school, where we settled in on a 1970s model, single wide trailer with rotten skirting and weeds for a yard. My mother divorced us when I was about the age of seven. My father chose to deal with his own loss by escaping into alcohol and partying and work. And I don't judge him for what he did. He was in his own state of deep misery, deep trauma. It was literally just trying to survive. That's what he was doing. But however, that doesn't change anything in the mind of a seven-year-old child whose mother had just left. And just for reference, I haven't seen her in 32 years or spoke to her in 23 years, and I'll be 44 this year. So as you can imagine, you know, that event really imprinted a lot of <laughs> future struggles into my world, you know, as I saw threats and everything, had difficulty trusting, had difficulty relating, difficulty communicating. What I know now is, is um, I saw so many events in life as make or break, life or death because I did nothing wrong and my mom up and left me. So rational thought, rational behavior uh, didn't clear the air for me. My life was literally set in motion by an extremely irrational decision by someone who was sick. I chose to deal with my pain through food, checking out with video games and TV, basically being as lazy as I possibly could. What I know now, I was checking out. I was detaching from reality because reality was too hard. When I did get up to move around, I found myself exploring my world and I did not have any adults around to brainwash me. Since I can ever remember, I was always that kid that was asking the question in class that the teacher didn't have an answer for. Or asking the CEO at an annual meeting how we really thought this plan of his was going to work. And I really believe that that was the seed for who I am today. I don't bow to anyone, nor do I blindly accept guidance from someone based on their authority or position as a media news anchor or politician or a boss or a CEO or a business owner. It doesn't mean I don't respect people. That just means I don't bow to a title or authority. Because the way I see it, I more or less raise myself. That doesn't make it true. That's how I see it. There's <laughs> a strong difference. More or less raise myself, really without any parental guidance. 
and I fuck a lot of things up because of that. Yeah. Yeah. But someone who has a title or a position or a white coat, they don't automatically get to just tell me what to do outside of the scope of the law or the constitution. Okay, back to my childhood. <laughs> um, so I was always a fat kid growing up. Like I was just really unhealthy. Um, you can imagine how much pain a little kid like that is in. And uh, the only thing that never let me down were my dogs and uh, food. I was a kid that would never take his shirt off to swim. And oftentimes I'd make excuses not to go. I grew up in a town, Lewiston, Idaho, if anyone's familiar, where it regularly gets in the hundred and teens in the summer. And I would literally not go swimming um, and lie and say I had things to do. And everybody knew I didn't have a family. So um, it was avoidance, escapism. I call and sick to school when we were doing the mile run, pull-ups or rope climb. Remember back when we used to have the presidential fitness challenge? Um, yeah. And by the way, I'm not a fan of them taking that away just because some kids can't compete in it. Um, if kids going through a hard time in life with his health or their weight, something like that. I truly believe that that's there for a reason. That's part of that kid's mission in life. And, um, to not challenge them or not show them what they're not capable of doing yet does them zero good in the future. And I digress. My apologies. I always felt like the odd man out. Whether it be due to being the kid without a family or the kid with old clothes or just being the fat kid. Smelled bad. <laughs> clothes never fit right. And I guess I just resigned myself to believing that I'd be an unhealthy person my whole life likely to die at a young age. I had no self-confidence or belief that I deserved to look or feel good. And that was the seed of health that was planted in me. Later on, as I found success and confidence, it was inevitable that I ended up on this career path. There really, as I think about it, Nothing else that I should be doing at this point in my life than this, especially when you consider the last few years and what we've all gone through and how we were manipulated and lied to, coerced, separated and divided, and people got killed. There's no better time than right now, no dire time as now for people to figure out what sovereignty is all about, what personal accountability is all about, and the magic of the human mind, body, soul complex, and what it is capable of, what you are capable of. You are the most complex organic organism ever found in the solar system. Just the intelligence and wisdom that you possess in one single cell is mind blowing. We got to stop walking around thinking we're just meat bags. We are a special species. Do you ever think about the fact that you were born as a human being, 
as opposed to a caterpillar, a giraffe, a dog. You ever think about that gift and what it actually means? And if you're lucky enough to be born in a free nation that has a republic process, like the United States, you could have been born anywhere, but you weren't. And how many of us that were that lucky to be born in the United States of America as a human being just blindly let people steal our rights, just blindly ignored logic, reason, and past precedent for virology and just allowed people to take our jobs, to separate our families, and to poison us with a mysterious, experimental, gene-altering cocktail. Just think about that. When I was in my early teens, I started noticing girls. <laughs> and I liked what I saw, but I didn't like what I saw in me. And um, consequently, I was able to experience my first ever success when it came to transformation. I fell in love with weights. And summer going into my senior year, I lost weight for the first time ever. A lot of weight. And the attention I got at school was addicting for me. As the first time I, I can remember being recognized for my body in a positive way. What I didn't know then was my relationship with the gym and health was a superficial one. My motive was to get attention and admiration. To feel like a winner in one area of life. It was not about health at all. So as you can imagine, I continued on that weight loss roller coaster that a lot of people are subjected to. For the better part of 20 years, I gained and lost weight. I gained and lost more than 50 pounds. Ah, six, eight times probably. Um, and what I didn't realize was that I was so insecure that I was subconsciously, after about a year or so, of losing weight, I would subconsciously put it back on. I would skip the gym. I would take a month off, two months off, three months off, then I'd lose momentum. And then I would put the weight back on. And then I would get motivated again, and I would put the work in, and I would lose it. And every single time I lost it, I would get that attention again. Oh, my God, you look so good. How much weight have you lost? Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And that's how you form an abusive relationship with food and the gym and yourself. So take note. <laughs> um, you know, because of that lack of identity and that lack of, of uh, attunement to my core values and my purpose and, uh, you know, really my needs, because of all that, that insecure state, I really latched on to the first job that I could find. And, you know, that landed me in a, retail career 
within within the matter of six years, I went from being a bagger to a store manager. And at the age of 28, I was in charge of a $30 million operation and 135 employees. Yeah, I was still just the wounded child, living in that wounded child archetype, lashing out at everybody, imposing my will on the entire store, my way or the highway. I'm sure those of you that have had more than one job have probably had a boss just like that. As I started to heal and grow, and I'll tell you more about that later, but as I started to heal and grow, I started to realize that that wasn't the way to get through to people. And I'm so grateful that I was able to figure that out before I left that career and was able to positively impact the people in that building as opposed to the other way around. And I also started to realize that I'm not on my 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 career path here or i'm not on my soul's path here you know i took a deep look at it one day and all of a sudden i'm realized you're just directly serving the needs perceived needs of alcoholics narc narcissists fake christians that inhabited my corporate office they were sick and broken and they were leading people which is scary as hell and in fact at the tail end of my career, there was an incident where there was a dangerous chemical present and they were supposed to, by law, have documentation on how much of that chemical was in the building and when it had been tested. And they didn't. And I found that chemical all over the building. So I walked out. I walked out of that store for 10 days because I wasn't going to sacrifice my, my health. I wasn't going to sacrifice um, my golden years to spend my retirement money on lung cancer bills because of an exposure to a chemical whose disease might not manifest for years or decades later. And when I did that, I gave the assistant manager permission and anyone else that was there to do the same because the right thing to do by the law was to close the building down, but they refused to do that. So these are the people that I was working for. And had I not gotten in touch with my own personal sovereignty, I'd still be there. I wouldn't have got fired because it was my sovereignty that got me fired. Now, just for reference, I didn't get fired for walking out. Now you do the math. How many managers of a store do you think could walk out for 10 days and not get fired? Am I proud of that? Yeah. Am I proud of the optics? No. No, I'm not. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, to the staff, it might have looked like, you know, leaving rats on a ship or something. But they couldn't have known at the time that I'd given them that permission to do the same. But I let enough people know before I left. If anyone comes and asks, you give them permission to leave.
And that's probably one of the greatest examples I could think of of me exercising my personal sovereignty. And as painful as it was, and as scared as I was for that whole 10 days, it, it is nothing in, compar- in comparison to what I would have felt by swallowing my own core values, by giving up my individual health because some fat drunk guy in a town 400 miles away didn't want to lose his bonus. That would be what we call the prostitute archetype. As a matter of fact, I did fine with them. I did great. I got along great with those guys when I was sick. You know, when I was drinking 50 beers a week, plus a half gallon of vodka, didn't make any time for the gym, didn't bring healthy food to work, ate whenever I could, whatever I could, as quick as I could. As long as I was living that life, I got along great with them. But as soon as I started exercising my own individual sovereignty, as soon as I started holding them accountable for their actions and words, granted, there isn't anything I can do disciplinary-wise, but I can certainly bring it up. And when they answer it and the answer doesn't make sense, I ask more questions. This is how sovereignty works. This is how individual liberty and personal accountability works. See, when I'm talking to you face-to-face, it's just man-to-man. Even if you are the CEO, the vice president, the district manager, you're just a man. And if you're asking another man to risk himself, whether it be in his health, his happiness, his family life, for your bonus, you are not a real man. And you're talking to the wrong guy. About 14 years ago, I was at rock bottom with my health. I mean... This was after six or eight attempts of gaining and losing weight, gaining and losing weight. And I found myself thinking I knew about health and fitness, thinking I knew about nutrition, thinking I knew about training. Yeah, here I am, five foot seven, 220 pounds. Now, because I stopped the healthy lifestyle, I didn't even really have a real one ever, <laughs> but the one I had, I'd stopped. And that was to perform in the store. That was to be the best performing store manager I could. And, um, you know, consequently, what did it get me? Got me uh, three three offerings to put in for a area um, category or a, a, what do they call them? We call them merchandisers, but you wouldn't know what that is. Um, Like a category manager, maybe, or a product procurement specialist or something like that. Uh, and then district manager. And I told him no on all of those. So I knew in my heart and soul, like I can't afford to go backwards anymore. So my soul led me to the doctor. And um, I was, I was ready. I I needed an intervention. At that time, you know, not only was I obese, drinking like a fish, I never slept. I was anxious, depressed had GERD since I was about 12 years old, arthritis in my spine, shoulders, and knees. I was just ready to be put in my place. I was completely transparent on my intake. 
And honestly, I was just blown away at how little concern that he displayed for what I put on that piece of paper. He made jokes about erections as he prescribed me a dangerous SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, an antidepressant that's never been proven effective, but it's been proven addictive and harmful. And he gave me blood pressure medicine, which he said, there's no real side effects here besides dehydration. And what I know now about dehydration, it's one of the worst things you can do to yourself is to let yourself get dehydrated. There was no mention of the drinking, my sedentary lifestyle, stress management, or the chest pains that I'd put on the intake questionnaire. Didn't refer me to any specialists, just drugs. I was pissed. At that point, I made it my personal mission to find the secrets to health. I didn't know much, but I knew intuitively that that doctor had just blown me off. And as you can imagine, with my life history, I'm very sensitive to things like that, getting blown off. Um, I jumped in, jumped in without a plan, really. I had moderate success, mostly fallbacks. As I jumped in modalities like CrossFit, powerlifting, any abusive diet or training regimen I could find, the more torturous it sounded, the more appealing it was to me. And to be clear, I have nothing against CrossFit, powerlifting, or any of the diets that are out there, as it was my responsibility to use them wisely, which I did not. Now, my poor posture and my poor form in CrossFit led me to the shoulder doctor. He told me to stop lifting weights for the rest of my life. Literally told me that. I was crushed. I was crushed, man. I was just gaining some momentum. I was actually at a lower weight than I'd been since high school. And now I was being told to hang it up at the age of 34. See, this is the beauty of life, guys. It's a lot of times you get this crushing news and you think it's over. When really what it means is find a different path. Or what you see as an obstruction may just be a step up to something better. And in my case, that certainly was the truth. You know, thank God I trusted my intuition. I didn't listen to that damn doctor. Like I typically do, I rebelled. This actually even gave me more drive to sort the truth about, source the truth about health and to reverse my ailments. To be honest, there was a subconscious desire to throw my success in the faces of those doctors. Now, the start of it all, the transformation from drunk <laughs> depressed, mad Jerry to what I feel is a fully integrated version of me currently came on a fishing trip in the fall of 2016. I was watching my dad fly fish for steelhead on the Grand Ron River in Washington State. And from out of nowhere, a word hit me like a ton of bricks. It just downloaded in my subconscious. And that word was suicide. I was startled. I fell off the rock I was standing on almost. I didn't know what it meant. I'd never considered self-harm. I thought about harming a lot of other people, but not myself. <laughs> and uh, like as I like shook my head to clear it out of my mind, it just kept coming back. And this went on for, I don't know, five minutes. Not a great length of time, but it wasn't flat a fleeting moment either. 
and it rattled me. It shook me. Um, because I was kind of foggy at that time, to be honest with you, it didn't shake me for very long. Um, but I'll get back to that in a little bit. Um, now what that fishing trip meant to me every year, I took this trip guys every single year, I go down there for a week. And what I know now is that was my one time a year where I got to get into my Zen state, where I got to be into a meditative state where my mind could find clarity, balance, and centeredness. It's something I do every day now, but at that time it was a one week per year event. It's not hard to imagine why I look forward, look forward to it so much. And still to this day, the Grand Ronde River is one of my favorite places on earth. And one of my favorite places at my favorite place is a little cafe and that's called Bogan's Oasis. If anyone's ever been to the Grand Ronde River, you know Bogan's Oasis. It's in the middle of nowhere alongside the river near the Oregon-Washington border. And it's a place where guides would meet up with their clients before the trip. They'd maybe tie some flies, eat some bacon and eggs, but get ready for the day. They would talk about the day. And then afterwards, maybe they'd meet up for bur bur um, burgers and a beer. I love that place. The first time I hooked a steelhead on a fly rod, I ate bacon and eggs at that place before I went with my guide, Rick Heading. Mr. Rick, if you're listening to this or if you ever listen to this, love you, man. Love you. And this, this story gives me chills. Sorry. Um, the next morning on my, I honestly can't remember if I saw this when I got home or if it was the next morning. I believe it was the next morning when I was getting ready for work. I saw all over my social media feed that Bogan's Oasis had burned to the ground. And like that word suicide, the oasis burning to the ground would prove hugely symbolic to my future. And we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> now, after I got home from that particular fishing trip, I immediately got into yoga. And it wasn't from for some virtuous, pure spiritual pursuit. Nope. <laughs> it was because my ego wanted to lift more weight in powerlifting. I wanted to gain mobility, which would eventually lead to strength. I didn't want to bottom out in a powerlifting competition. Um, what I got instead was something I never factored in. It was a complete new state of being, like in my mind, body, and soul. For the first time, I, feel that I felt them connect. I felt my perspective shift as I felt my inner voice change. It changed its words that it spoke to my body. And same with my body. It changed its communication and the way it spoke to my mind and soul. And it was something that I could clearly understand for the first time in my life. I had no idea what all this was about. I mean, I was blown away, started experiencing precognition, being able to sense people's emotional and mental state as soon as they walked into the room. So I, I started researching everything I could about yoga. And of course, if you're looking into yoga, you're going to look into meditation. You look into meditation, you're going to look into uh, mantras and affirmations. You look into that. You're, next thing you know, you're into the world of holistic health. Um, and that's exactly what I stumbled across. Um, for most people, when they hear the word holistic, holistic health, they automatically go to 
you know, people with their eyes closed and their legs crossed and their hands out in some weird pose, chanting or oming or uh, crystals and smoke and weird clothes. Well, that's not really my style, nothing against it. And I do many of those things. It's just I don't typically market a brand with it. And at its fundamental level, true holistic health is just about awareness and relationship with your thoughts and actions and the discipline to make the proper adjustments so that you can live in balance physiologically, mentally, and spiritually. That's really what it is. That other stuff, that's not 100% necessary for a holistic lifestyle. Much like many things in this world, the holistic health world can too be um, conflated. Again, nothing against people that market and brand their business that way. If that's the way you want to market and brand your business, that's awesome because there's a lot of people that love it. Uh, for me, I love to do that. I, I love to do the oming. I love to do meditations. I love to do Tai Chi, Qi Gong. Um, I will light sage and meditate and play Tibetan bowls. Uh, I do all that. I love all that. But for me, it is only a part of my holistic body of health. And for me, I think it is so much more relevant to get to people's sabotage, their self-induced obstructions, their shadows, and ways to find the simplicity of being super healthy and super fit. So that's why I brand that way. That other, the other, um, I don't even know what you call it, the accessory stuff. <laughs> which a lot of people, you know, the term soy boy or something like that is something that comes to mind, right? For people when they think of that. And um, for them, it's just a bigger part of their world. And this is stuff, that's all stuff I do every day. It's just, in my opinion, not the meat and potatoes of living a holistic lifestyle. If that makes sense. It doesn't make me right. It's just my approach. <laughs> You know, as life often does, uh, I was presented the exact right thing at the exact right time. Uh, I stumbled across a man named Paul Check, And if you're familiar with Paul Check, you know who he is. If not, check him out. You're either going to love him or you won't be able to stand him. Like, there's no real middle ground, Paul. <laughs> Very polarizing dude. Um, but I was actually at work, at the job I hate, working for the narcissistic, alcoholic, fake Christians. And I was obviously trying to find a way to check out. So I fucking turned on a podcast while I was doing some paperwork and I came across a, a podcast with Paul check and he was on the barbell shrugged podcast and it was just called holistic lifestyle coach. And while I just came across the term holistic, I didn't know what the really F it meant. Um, but I was intrigued. I watched that podcast and my mind was blown to bits all over the wall. I was just like, holy shit. This guy's finally talking truth about health. And um, I, it was something I'd never been I'd never been exposed to. Yet every single word he said I could trust. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Why are doctors not doing that? But it makes sense. You know, why are therapists not doing that? Uh, but it makes sense. Um, and that's when I learned that truth has a frequency. Truth resonates. You know, and at the Czech Institute, they teach their students to look at 
all of our clients as a whole integrated person, whether it be in the mind, body, soul, wherever the pain or injury manifests, it's usually caused by a number of other factors that may be seemingly unrelated. This man claimed to be able to help people heal mental and emotional distress, physical pain, and balance their health while finding their true purpose in life. I was like, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. I believe every word I heard of you just now, but there's no way you can do that. So, although it sounded too good to be true, I also couldn't reconcile the fact that that everything he everything else he said seemed to make sense. Um, so I started following his principles immediately. Paul's very generous with his information. You want to check out his YouTube channel? Uh, look up, um, uh, I believe it's the fastest way to health. Look that up. It's like a 10-part series or something like that, 20-part series, something like that. Um, I'm telling you, you can get that for free on YouTube. And I think that course is worth no less than five grand. Because that YouTube series <laughs> got rid of all the above-named ailments that I was telling you about. Like, I'm not shitting you. Um, that and following some of his other stuff and taking some of his courses. But really, that series dialed me in. Um, and in fact, within a couple of months, my my results were so mind-blowing that I just enrolled in his institute. Here I am, you know, in my 30s, early 30s, mid-30s, making decent better and decent money, making six figures at a, at a grocery store. Retirement's good. Um, you know, I got a house, three dogs, two kids, wife, like everything's great, but I'm looking to pivot. And I didn't even really know why. And in fact, I remember when I signed up for his courses, my, I told my wife I was doing it and she looks at me and she says, what are you going to do with that shit? You got a job. And I looked at her dead, dead, dead serious right in the eye. I was like, I have no idea, but I can't not do it. Let's just let this develop organically. And we are five, six years later, and I'm doing this full time, and I'm making a podcast for you. Um, really, the, the results are so life-altering that I was willing to give up my six-figure management job and embark on a hero's journey to pursue my true purpose in life. And that's really what I've been on for my whole life, really. And same with you. You've been on one your whole life, too. I've just been aware that I've been on a hero's journey for the five, past five, six years. Um and I, I really believe my mission is to impact as many people as possible on this planet with the awareness and the gift that comes with recognizing truth and invoking your sovereignty. With freedom and sovereignty comes great responsibility. And I think we all know that's probably a big part why people don't want it. A lot of people don't want to be free. A lot of people don't want to be sovereign. They don't want to be stuck in that child state, that child archetype. They want mommy and daddy to take care of them. No matter how many times dad comes home drunk after he slept with the neighbor, kicks the dog and slaps the wife. No matter how many times that happens, we still call him dad. This is exactly what's going on with our governments. And our world three-letter organizations. This is why people hold on to them. Because even if daddy's drunk and daddy cheats and daddy beats, he's still daddy. And daddy needs to tell us what to do. And that's where we're at with them. As I mentioned earlier, I was terminated a couple years ago. 
as the executives in the company did not like having a free thinking goal oriented manager in the ranks. Um, it's a long story and maybe I'll get into it one of these days, but I can tell you what most people would deem as an extremely traumatic event or a major loss in their life. For me, I recognize it was the complete opposite. I was being freed. I was being released out of a prison. And that fear, that misinterpretation of the event might keep people from saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be done or expressing their own sovereignty. But that's all under an illusion. See, so long as you swallow your tongue, so long as you don't say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done out of fear of losing a job, losing a relationship, just realize that you are choosing to be a prostitute. It's no different than sucking a wiener for money. You're choosing that prostitute archetype. And then you will likely choose to be a victim over it. I have to, I'm supposed, I have to, I have to, I have to, right? And that puts you in a childlike state, a dependent state. You're dependent on daddy. Now, everybody's situation is different. I'm certainly not recommending that you go tell your boss to fuck off <laughs> or quit your job tomorrow. However, I just would like to plant the seed in your mind. If you typically find yourself withholding your sovereignty because of what you're supposed to do or you can or you can't, I invite you to look deeply into that. On a side note, the day before I was terminated, I was T-boned by a truck at an intersection. <laughs> my wife wisely, uh, intuited into that, that it was a sign I need to stop getting my paycheck at a grocery store. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a loud signal from God to get the hint, and that's me. Fast forward five years later, and all the elements that I mentioned above or earlier are gone or no longer symptomatic. I did it all without the help of a single doctor, therapist, or counselor. In the last couple of years alone, I've seen things that I've never would have believed. Like a patient that, that was basically given a death sentence in an oxygen tank and instructions to come back when they needed to be on a ventilator. And this was all from a side effect from an experimental Pfizer product. Because nobody, including her respiratory therapist, could get her baseline oxygen above 85. They sent her home and said, come back when you need a vent. We got her oxygen to 99 in less than one minute by releasing her diaphragm and teaching her to breathe properly. She was able to get her baseline between 92 and 95 and keep it there and avoid the ventilator. I've seen people that have had back pain, like sciatica and stenosis, been through every treatment option available from doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, only to see little to no relief. Now, I'm not saying that the providers didn't do their job. Almost every case of those, the patient did not do their homework. That's part of the journey, is helping someone figure out why they sabotage. But through the principles of integration and factoring in all possible causes, we were able to get them out of pain in a matter of weeks. Those are just a couple of examples. Uh, but what I've seen in the last few years has convinced me the medical model is completely broken and relies solely on symptoms management while ignoring the root cause. Just for clarification, whenever you remove the symptom and don't address the root cause, you are just moving symptoms to another area of the body. For example, poor vision could lead to a misaligned neck, which leads to pain, which leads to lack of sleep, which leads to stress, which leads to faulty breathing, which leads to an unstable back, which leads to protecting the pelvis and the spinal cord 
through compensatory me uh, mechanisms in the body. And that leads to faulty energy distribution through your kinetic chain, which escapes through a vulnerable joint, let's just say the knee. And bam, you have knee pain. But it might be vision induced. It might be from a head trauma, a concussion, a car accident that happened decades ago. But that knee doctor will never, ever, ever look at your eyes. And that's just one example of how, of how the allopathic symptoms management approach, where there's zero consequences for lack of results, zero consequences for not delivering. It's designed to keep you as a customer for life. Remember, a patient cured is a customer lost. I'm so grateful. And I was blessed with grace for whatever reason. Moments of clarity led me to my life's purpose. I'm humbly here to serve you, whether it be one-on-one -on -one coaching or through this podcast. I'm here to lead people out of the dependence on pharma, government, and media, and, and to be a resource for you on your hero's journey. And as far as that word suicide, about a year after the event, a year or so, I went into a deep contemplative meditation and asked my soul to interpret that word for me. And I was blown away with the next download. I call download like you. It's like when you hear like I heard this or I, you know, my soul said that or whatever. Like you don't hear audibly. You don't see the words. It just imprints in your subconscious. So I call them downloads. But that download said you needed to kill the current version of yourself to be who you were supposed to be. And then a year or two after that, in studying the works of Dr. Carl Jung, depth psychologist, I'll be fucked if he didn't say the exact same thing. Call that what you want. And the symbolism of the oasis burning down, well, that was a sign that I was becoming dependent on that trip. And that was the last time that I would be driving to Washington State to get my Zen. I want to thank you all for listening to my very first ever podcast. And I hope you find some value in it. Maybe some inspiration. Maybe you see some of yourself in my story. And whether you're about to embark on or currently in the middle of your hero's journey, I'm honored to be with you at this point in that journey. I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me. Tell me your story. If you've got a good one, we've all got a good one. But if you know yours is good, reach out. I'd love to hear about it. Please share this podcast with someone that you think will find value in it, maybe give it a subscribe or a follow. And I promise to keep giving you the value of truth and sovereignty. If you're interested in working with someone like me at all, just drop me a line. You can send me an email direct, jerry at biohackingtruth.com. I'll put a link in the description to my link tree. Or you can call or text me direct, 406-241-3763. And lastly, Never forget that you are the king or queen of your domain, and you don't have to give up your health or freedom to anyone. Peace, much love, live well. God bless y'all.